All right, we are talking all things light today. Sunlight, blue light, the importance of why you're not getting enough light in your diet, how sunscreen and sunglasses are terrible for you. Don't worry, there's context before you guys start to lose your mind a little early in the show today. So I actually had this conversation with a client as always about why I don't really wear sunscreen much at all anymore. I do, and also why I don't wear sunglasses anymore. And the reason why is exactly what I'm about to tell you today. So on note of this conversation earlier in the week, I was like, you know what? There's a course that I've always wanted to sign up for um, from this guy, and it was called like Solar Vitality Course. So I bought the course a couple days ago, and I was like, you know, it's just, and a lot of it just kind of like reassuring what I thought and what I've been thinking about the whole time. So I kind of want to narrow it down because there's like, there is a lot to talk, and some of it's kind of high level, which I don't know if the, you guys as the audience really want to know some of that stuff, but I'm going to try to keep it as like Spark Notes version as possible. And then there's also some stuff that was so high level that I actually had to spend more time looking it up on top of the course because I had no fucking idea what he was talking about. But then I want to talk about the basics, which is kind of like, you know, why should we actually be focusing on getting more sunlight into our life? What are the effects of sunlight? Um, so I basically wrote it down into five sections today. So we're going to basically go through how light governs health. Okay, the first section I have, which is going to be the one that I've probably talked about before in the past, is circadian rhythm. Then we're going to talk about mood and alertness, and then we're going to talk about metabolism, and then we're going to talk about the hormonal production side of things, and then we're going to talk about the mitochondria itself, right? So to really kind of jump into Sun in the conversation and how this evolved with my client earlier this week is I was talking about how skin cancer since probably, I think it was like somewhere around the 20s or 40s, 1920, 1940, that's where it really kind of started to pick up, right? And then skin cancer has just kind of blown up and gone through the roof. And there's a graph that I can't show you guys, and it basically breaks down, and this is strictly for America, and it breaks down like by state, which states have higher incidence of skin cancer and which states have lower incidence of skin cancer. Um, and you look at things like Washington and Oregon, and some of these like northern states actually had higher levels of skin cancer. Um, and I think a lot of people, when we think about skin cancer, we think about the sun, right? Now, obviously they're related, but when you think about the cases of melanoma and all these things that obviously bring skin cancer to light, my argument was always if the sun has been here for millions of years, okay, and all this life that exists on planet Earth, why the fuck did skin cancer just start to pick up over the last century, right? And my belief, which I'll talk about a little bit more in detail today with some of the other stuff outside of it, is the fact that our our dietary lifestyle has changed our exposure to harmful light and blue light and our imbalance of circadian rhythm and all these other things that make you more susceptible to attracting that right so when you think about skin cancer it's the same way i like to explain pain to people right when you think about if i'm in a mobility session with you if you come to me with an injury i'll give you an example i'll just talk about mine my back hurts spinal now that does not mean the back is the problem it could mean that maybe the hips are not mobile enough maybe the core is not stable enough maybe the thoracic spine doesn't have enough mobility maybe there's not enough rotational access through the hips blah 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 there's an endless kind of list of things that could be pain is a symptom of some underlying problem the job is for us to find that root cause and that problem so 
I want you guys to think about this. I'm not trying to just talk about like skin cancer and sunlight and how you should never wear sunscreen or sunglasses again, but I'm just gonna talk about why I don't, right? So to jump into the sunscreen part of things is when you think about all the production, actually, you know what? I'm not gonna get ahead of myself. I wanna go through this stuff first. And then I'm going to come back to the sunscreen and the sunglasses thing. Because I think it will make more sense to go through some of the mechanistic set of things of what the body does. So, number one, which is the huge piece for light itself, is circadian rhythm, right? When you look at sunlight itself, you have what we see, like, if you were to look about, like, the visible light spectrum, right? And then there's this, the light spectrum that is invisible to the naked eye, right? But when we think about, like, UV light being very, very active, and then we go into kind of the middle where we get, like, blue light, which we get more of that in the beginning of the day, and then we have a lot of far infrared and infrared light as well. Now, when you look at kind of the sun throughout the day, we get a lot of the kind of more infrared and, um, infrared and far infrared light in the beginning part of the day. And at the very end of the day, so your sunrise and your sunset are going to give you a lot of those healing properties that infrared and far infrared light brings you. In the middle of the day, when you think about peak sun and you think about summertime, more importantly, you're getting a lot more blue light, right? And I'm going to talk about all these different effects today, right? So, and this is also goes to show you why we get less blue light during the winter months, which is also why vitamin D tends to be a problem or uh, seasonal affective disorder tends to be a bigger problem in certain states or certain areas, depending on where you live, because you're getting less of that blue light. Now, when people hear that, a lot of times they go, well, isn't blue light the thing we're supposed to be avoiding? Now, that's a very reductionist point of view, and it's a very kind of like isolated piece to it, right? So, for example, where I think a lot of the churn for sunglasses and sunscreen started to happen is there was this study back, and I have all this stuff written down in my notes at home, but the details matter less. It's just more about why it kind of all got created. There was a study that UV lamps were causing cancer, right? And it kind of led to this discussion of like, well, if we know that UV light exists in the sun and those visible light rays and rays that come from the actual wavelengths, I'm sorry, then technically the sun should be bad, right? That's like saying, you know, red meat, you know, when you look at all these kind of studies and all these associative properties that say, oh, well, someone eats red meat makes them unhealthy, so it must be red meat being the problem. Well, it's like, eh, there's context to that, right? What was the person's lifestyle on top of what they were eating, too? So that's kind of some of the stuff that I like to jump into is UV lights, like anything overdone, drinking too much water will kill you, and we all know water is great for you, right? So there needs to be this management of those things, right? So circadian rhythm, why the light is actually going to be some of the things that helps govern health, is circadian rhythm is one of those things that basically kind of sets the clock for every single biological process in the human body, the expression of genes, the whole nine yards, right? So when your body is getting light first thing in the morning and light throughout the day and seeing the sunset even in the perfect world, your body is getting these melatonin kind of cycles, right? And you have this in the inverse relationship with cortisol. So when the light and the sun sets and the light goes down and it becomes dark, your body starts to produce more melatonin, right? Now the pineal gland is basically saying, okay, well, there's no more light coming through the eyes, so it must be dark, so it must be time for us to get ready for bed. So that melatonin starts to increase throughout the night. The cortisol is actually going to do the exact opposite right so when melatonin goes up the cortisol will go down and vice versa that's cortisol going up is the thing that wakes us up because melatonin comes down so when we have a lot of light throughout the day natural sunlight and we avoid a lot of the junk light at night aka the blue light your body has a more aligned circadian rhythm and we want this because this is going to basically help with 
hunger and control that. If, like I said, there's not really, there's not one piece of your body that does not have a circadian alignment and circa being a 24 hour clock, every single cell has that. So when you think about ghrelin and leptin and all the hormones and how the optimization of those things happen, it comes from having proper alignment from the circadian rhythm. So the first one is basically like, how does light govern the health of that? Well, getting natural light is gonna be the thing that's gonna tell the penile gland to actually help with the cellular melatonin side of things. But more importantly, why it's so important to be blocking the blue light at night and living a little bit more with candles, wearing blue light blockers, or just turning off and getting off screens as much as you can when the sun sets, is you're really optimizing the effect of the melatonin production. You shouldn't be having to take melatonin to go to sleep every night because your body shouldn't naturally be able to do that. And when that's in rhythm, as melatonin drops throughout the night, your cortisol is gonna start to increase. The cortisol is a stress hormone, which most of us think is a bad thing, but in reality, all stress hormones that are acute and actually managed correctly are a good thing. Stress and cortisol is actually gonna be the thing that starts to wake the body up. It's gonna to start to mobilize some of the energy for fuel. So your body has to be in alignment with these cycles to get the optimization of good quality sleep and good energy throughout the day. We know a lot of people, and you might be one of the ones listening to this, that feels tired throughout the day, groggy, doesn't have the greatest energy, and then suddenly can't fall asleep. Well, that's because you're probably out of alignment with most of the, the hormonal side of things that actually help your body stay in that rhythm. So that's number one. Second thing, and I'm going to read these kind of word for word, right? So when you look at mood and alertness, right, I will tell you that I am powered by the sun, but I'll always like to remind people that we all are, right? Um, when you think about like photosynthesis with plants, like and obviously the importance of having some water and some sunlight for a plant to grow, it's not that different as a human. It's really not. Okay. But when you think about the mood and alertness side of things, there's three reasons why. Number one, there's an increase in dopamine, right? Dopamine is a motivational hormone, right? So sunlight is actually good to help increase dopamine levels, right? Which is naturally going to give us more motivation throughout the day. I feel very motivated in the summer months when it's warm and the sun is shining. I personally do not feel that motivated. Is there a relationship between light? Probably. Number two, serotonin also increases. So when you think about the happiness hormone, serotonin is one of those things that when you have more serotonin and the levels become, you increase those levels, I'm sorry, you feel happier, right? If you were to think about a very uh, extreme version of this, someone taking an ecstasy pill is gonna help increase serotonin at a very unnatural level. Why do you feel so happy? Well, serotonin's high. So we can get this naturally from sunlight. So that's also one of the things. And then um, the last one, I always forget how to pronounce this, orexin, O-R-E-X-I-N production. I always, I can't pronounce the hormone, so who knows how it is. But that's one of the ones that helps with like wakefulness. And it's more of a kind of like the stress hormonal side of things, right? Which is kind of like cortisol being high in the morning. Those are the things that help with wakefulness, right? When you're not getting that big spike in the morning with cortisol, cortisol should be the highest first thing in the morning. If you're not getting that bigger spike, you're not feeling that, that the wakefulness side of things, you're not getting that true effect from it. So that's number two, is looking at what does light do for mood and alertness? Number three, we're gonna look at metabolism, right? Metabolism can be kind of broken down to a couple of things. And I basically put them into two subsection notes. There's like kind of the local side of things and there's the central side of things. So when you think about enhancing glu uh, liver gluconeogenesis, right? well, that's, oh, that word is always a, that's a mouthful, right? How that happens is when you actually are in alignment through circadian rhythm, so this is kind of one of those like byproducts of it, your body having these stress hormones a little bit higher in the morning is actually going to allow to kind of mobilize that fuel from the blood, or sorry, in from the liver to the blood. 
So your body naturally is gonna be more effective at using fuel in the morning, right? And those are the things that actually help with the wakefulness in the morning. So getting more of that is obviously gonna be the thing that's gonna help the re release of the liver glucose to the blood, enhance liver gluconeogenesis, which is gonna help the production of those things. So that's kind of at a very central level. When you look at a local level, improving insulin sensitivity. This is why one of the things I always like to tell people is it's better to eat carbohydrates when the sun is out, because when the sun is out, your body is more insulin sensitive due to the sunlight, right? Second thing is the light sensors are also inside of both the eyes and fat and skin, right? So what I mean by this is when you're getting it through the eyes, the sun, your body is then triggering the response in the receptors in the eyes, reproduce the, and I always, I'm gonna, melanopsin, melanopsin. There's a lot of these words, like when I said they're high level, <laughs> they're high level, and I just have a hard time with English. Um, but the SparkNotes version of that is the things that allow your body to produce melanin in your body, which is basically how the skin gets darker, which is gonna protect you from the sun. Your body has these natural mechanisms to protect yourself from this harmful light or some sunlight, right? Um, and when I, I don't actually scratch what I said, I'm not saying harmful light. I think light is not harmful. The amount of exposure and intensity can be harmful. Water is good for you. Five gallons will kill you, right? Um, so you got to remember there's context when I say that. So these things that come from the skin, they come from the eyes, and they also come from fat. And I think this was a really cool thing in the metabolism. And I'm just going to read some of these notes that I had is light sensors in white fat, melanopsin, right? Regulation of leptin. So leptin is the hormone. There's ghrelin and leptin are kind of the inverse relationship. Ghrelin is kind of the, uh, I always remind myself, G for go, which means your body is like, when you have higher levels of ghrelin, you feel hungrier. When you have higher levels of leptin, you have higher levels of satiety. So if you think about the regulation of leptin, it's gonna help regulate your satiety. Meaning, if I'm someone inside not getting all the the beneficial wavelengths of sunlight, I'm having an ear um, irregular, uh, irregular. Some words are just really hard for Corey. Um, regulation of leptin, right? So when you think about that from a metabolic standpoint, if you think about that from a fat loss standpoint, we want to be in balance with the levels of ghrelin and we want to be in balance with the levels of leptin and when we regulate those in the proper state it's much easier to sustain a diet it's much easier to actually improve fat loss because the hormones are working with you versus against you and then the last one which i think is the most important for all of us thinking about weight loss is increases lipolysis lipolysis is the breakdown of fat sunlight improves lipolysis right so not only because look and tan, because if you can't tone it, you should tan it, but it also is literally helping with fat oxidation, right? That's what lipolysis is. So if you think about regulation of hormones, you think about the improvement of lipolysis, these are all things metabolically they are gonna make your life a little bit easier. So that's something that we always wanna remember is like your body, when you think about weight loss, most people just think about, oh, okay, well, there's definitely, you know, I gotta work out so I can burn more calories or I gotta be really careful with my diet, or yeah, I gotta manage stress and sleep, which are all great things and something that I preach all the time. But number two, most important dimension for me is environment and community. Community are the people you surround yourself with, the environment is the places that you surround yourself with. So being indoors all day, like knock, knock, like little, like, I, th I don't think I really need to remind people that working inside behind a computer is probably not ideal. That being said, everyone does. 
So I think it's important to make sure that you're taking time throughout the day to go walk, get outside, get sun exposure, ideally first thing in the morning and last thing before the sun sets. The more sun breaks and walk breaks you can get throughout the day, you're gonna feel better, your mood's gonna be better, your alertness is gonna be better, your metabolism's gonna be better, your sleep is gonna be better. So many things are gonna be better, right? So that's number three. Number four, <coughs> excuse me. Number four is hormones, right? When you think about hormones, there's kind of a couple sides to this. There's the penal gland side of things, and there's the pituitary gland, right? The penile gland is really the things that helps regulate the uh, cycle that I was talking about earlier between melatonin and cortisol. So, for example, when there's light, your body is being signaled that we should suppress the shutdown of melatonin throughout the day, right? When it's dark, melatonin production increases, right? So that's kind of the penile gland side of things, and that comes from the receptors through your eyes. The pituitary gland is also another thing when you think about hormones, and this is going to help with sex hormones, so testosterone and estrogen, okay? This is going to help with the stress hormone regulation side of things, and this is also going to help with the thyroid hormone side of things. And the way that kind of works is when you think about, like, UV light hitting the skin, there's all these different kind of, like, responses that come from it, right? There's, like, these beta endorphins, right, which is really all – this is kind of a – the way that they explain this in a course, the best way to explain it is almost basically like a free painkiller. Um, that's what that is, a beta endorphin, right? Then you think about regulating stress hormones, obviously things like cortisol and the cycles of those, tanning and the improvement of melanin, 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 okay? Nitric oxide production is a huge piece of this, right? And this is actually gonna help with the cardiovascular side of things. So this is helping with the reduction in blood pressure, things like that, and that comes from the nitric oxide production that sunlight provides. Obviously, a big one that most of us talk about is vitamin D. Uh, clock genes through the circadian rhythm like I'm talking about and then immunal function as well So those are the kind of like the hormone side of things that the sunlight provides the last one Which is uh, you know something that I bought myself a red light for is the mitochondria side of things, right? So mitochondria for those that do know that it's the powerhouse of the cell, right? Like I remember this when I was in biology as a kid that it was the hot tamale That's why I always remembered it, right? It looks like a little hot tamale and that's like that's where all the energy in the body is actually kind of produced from right? So we want to maximize the efficiency of the mitochondrial function, right? And the best way to do that is light. Light is one of the best things, right? Not the only way, but one of the best things, right? So when you think about this, it comes from two different things. Number one, easy water. And number two, ATP. Easy water is what we call exclusion zone water. So think about this, like every cell in your body it's almost kind of forms the production of this like gel-like substance of the water. That's what easy water is, right? And that basically helps with the charge of the cell, right? Because you've got to remember, like when you think about light coming in, we have these photons, and then it goes through this electron transport chain, which is basically what helps improve easy water, helps improve ATP production. So this whole cycle, which is well above my pay grade and my knowledge, that's what I would say is my spark notes version of that. But through this process, your body also it has an increase in ATP. ATP is your energy currency, right? So we want to maximize that. I bought myself one of those fancy red light, near infrared, far infrared panels. It's like a $1,500 panel that I have in my room. I just do meditation and yoga in front of it in the morning. Um, you know, you get red light and far infrared light from the sunrise and the sunset majority, but you also just get it from the light no matter time of day. You get more blue light in the beginning of the middle of the day, I'm sorry, but you get more of the red and far infrared benefits at the end of the day. Um, and those are some of the more like soothing benefits when you think about like light, right? This is why I like a lot of like, you know, skincare and beauty salons and things like that. They'll use a lot of red light therapy because you get a lot of like the wound healing and the collagen production. 
Um, and some of those kind of more relaxing benefits that the light gives you, like you get that through the sunlight as well. So you don't need to buy this fancy equipment if you're outside more. That being said, I don't think that many people are. So infrared light is going to basically improve cellular melatonin, which is also going to help fight reactive oxygen species. So ROS. So think about it this way. Melatonin is one of the probably most beneficial antioxidants in the human body to have. And it comes from cellular melatonin and it comes from melatonin, which is basically the production inside of the cell or the production that we do inside of the hormones from like the light that we see throughout the day. But melatonin being an antioxidant thing, a lot of biohackers, a lot of longevity people, they understand this really well because they understand the system. So when you think about some of these diseases and cancer and illness and all these things that we want to fight, people think about like antioxidants being like, well, oh, I'm eating my fruits and vegetables, right? Those are things that are going to, an antioxidant is going to be the opposite of a reactive oxygen species. A ROS is basically something that is cause oxidative stress to the human body. So if you were to think about something like a pipe that starts to rust, that's oxidation, right? And that happens inside of the human body. But if we have the right tools where we have enough antioxidants doing the work to combat that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the sun is healing once again. So those are kind of the aspects of like when you see mitochondrial health, hormones, metabolism, circadian rhythm, mood alertness. So those are kind of like the, the five ways that it governs health. And there's so many more topics that I can talk about this, but the, I just, I can't fathom the amount of people that are so scared of the sun, right? They protect themselves. They wear a lot of clothes. They wear hats. They wear sunscreen. They wear sunglasses because we have villainized this thing in the sky that has been here for way longer, way longer than any of us been. And we think because of the sun, skin cancer is the thing. Now, I will tell you that I will bet all my money that I would disagree with the mainstream media on why sun is bad. I don't think sunscreen is actually even good for us. Uh, I think obviously in small doses, um, if you're going to be someone that's going to go, I'm going to Maui in two weeks, I'm going to put sunscreen on, right? But the blocking the absorption of the things that bring you all these health benefits how can we think that's a good thing to do all the time? I know some people that wear sun masks or sunscreen inside. Like, it's like the people that wear the mask driving by themselves. Like, don't even get me started. So we have to remember, like, think very primally. Like, if this thing has been here for this long, and it's the thing that gives life to so many different things, right? If you think about, like, uh, people don't think that we are like plants. We're definitely like plants in so many different ways. The sun brings us so much energy and so much goodness. Um, and you need to harness the benefits of it. That being said, you need to be smart with your exposure. If you were new to the gym, I would not tell you to go 10 out of 10 on intensity and do the hardest workout of your life. It's probably a stupid decision. You'll burn yourself out and maybe hurt yourself. Also, why if you are the palest motherfucker out there, I would not suggest going sitting on a beach because Corey told me the sun is good for me. You need to microdose your exposure. Getting more light in the beginning of the day and the end of the day will always be the safest. Left blue light, less UV light, less chance of actually hurting yourself. That's what the UV index is for. Uh, or less chance of burning yourself, I'm sorry. And then what you do is you start to give these little microdose exposures. You start to build resiliency and your body's going to start to, aka what we call tanning, right? And that melanin is going to be the thing that's going to protect you further. So you're building resiliency inside the body. But just like anything else, you have to work your way up to that state. So when I say sunscreen is bad, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't wear it at all. It just means that you need to understand that what you're blocking is something that's beneficial for your body. So blocking the things that come in that actually are going to be better for you is a bad idea.
Now, if you're going to go to Maui like I am and you're going to drink Mai Tais on the beach from 9 a.m. to sunset, then, yeah, probably not a bad idea to get some shade every once in a while and put some sunscreen on. Second thing, why I don't wear sunglasses. Cisco gave me a hard time, and I hope you're listening to this. I don't wear them 90% of the time anymore. I read a book called Light and Health. Um, shit, I'm going to forget his name, but whatever. It talks a lot about what I was talking about today and some of the importance of like, you know, different types of wavelengths and the different types of beneficial production for them or uh, benefits for the body. And in that book, he was saying that like, he's like, I don't wear sunglasses anymore. And I was like, well, I always wear sunglasses. I, I think I wear sunglasses now only for the aesthetics purpose, but I do not wear them for the function. The function of blocking UV light through your eyes and blocking sunlight through your eyes, um, I think, not I think, according to this, according to the research that I've done, is actually making us worse because it's inhibiting some of that production of melanin, right, which is going to be the thing that's going to prevent you from being able to build that base to prevent yourself from burning. And so that's why I don't wear sunglasses, and that's why I don't wear sunscreen that often. I still do wear them every once in a while. I still do put sunscreen every once in a while, but that's my two cents on that. All right, guys, well, I don't want to talk too long because I try to keep these kind of short, so I hope you guys got some good information from this. And if it's something you guys want to hear a little bit more of, I have so many more notes that I didn't even talk about today. Um, but other than that, take care. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the nice weather because it's freaking beautiful out there. Go get your microdose of sun. Thank me, letter, because everybody looks better tan anyway.